Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up next is a word by Pastor Ling Junxian. You know, I would like to start by telling all of us here a story. In 1225, a traveller met a group of workers near the river Avon in Salisbury, England. Curious, the traveller went to them and asked them what they were doing. He came to the first man and asked, Dear sir, what are you doing? Without even looking up, grumbling, he says, Can't you see? I am cutting stones. Looking at the man, knowing that he's not interested to engage with him, the traveller moved on to the second man and said, Dear sir, can I ask, what are you doing? The second man replied and said, You know, I came from the north all the way down to Salisbury and all I want to do is to quickly earn my 10 pounds and go back home. So he wished the man well and went on to the third person. And he asked him, Sir, what are you doing? The man stopped what he was doing, stood up with a smile on his face and said, Sir, haven't you heard? We have all gathered here together to build this magnificent cathedral in Salisbury. In time to come, I know that many people will come and find solace and solitude with God. Many ones will come and be blessed as they worship Jesus. You know, all three builders were doing the same thing, but only one builder had a different perspective of what he was doing and how what he was doing would affect the future. The Salisbury Cathedral was finally completed in 1258, after 38 years. Today, the Salisbury Cathedral has survived two world wars, and it has the tallest church spire in all of England, and is home to the world's oldest working mechanical clock. But more importantly, it holds one of the four surviving copies of the original Magna Carta, the Great Charter of Freedom a treaty that was signed in 1215. And one of the main clauses is to protect the rights of the people and the freedom of the churches to worship in England. Next year, the cathedral celebrates 765th anniversary. Right now, even right now as we speak, the cathedral hosts multiple services every day so that people from all over England can come and worship Jesus. And right in the midst of the pandemic, you know what? It became a vaccination center. And as the people were taking their jabs, guess what? The organ was playing worship music as they were being jabbed. (laughs) As we enter into the second half of 2022, maybe you can identify with one of the builders in the story. The truth is, sometimes we can get so used to the routine of life that we forget the significance of what God wants to do through our lives. Maybe we are like the first builder, feeling frustrated, feeling frustrated with the routine of life, and somehow things seem not to be going anywhere. Or maybe we are like the second builder, hoping and wanting to quickly call it a day. But let's be like the third builder. As we live our lives, let's not lose sight of God and His promises. If you believe that, let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, in the Message Bible, it says, If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves 
but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Church, what are you giving your attention to today? Is it the negative news all around the world? Or perhaps it's the seemingly better life that your friends are living based on what you see through the social media world? Are you giving attention perhaps to the things or the relationships that have been lost during the time of the pandemic? Friends, what are you stumbling over? God is wanting to get us to give attention to what He wants to review in our lives. Can you help me turn to your neighbours and tell them, say, God wants to review something new in your life today. Amen. Because everything that God does, it always begins in our hearts. If we only look for God on the outward, we will miss what God is doing in the inward. So what does God want to give our attention to to bless us? Church, the title of my message today is The Process in the Promise. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 61. You know, the book of Isaiah is a very interesting book. Some scholars regard the book as the miniature Bible in the Bible. Why do I say that? The Bible has 66 books. Isaiah has 66 chapters. And every content of every chapter in Isaiah actually parallels to every book that we can find in the Bible. For example, in the first book of Genesis, it describes to us the creation story and man's rebellion. Isaiah chapter 1, it reminds the readers of God's creation and Israel's rebellion. In Exodus, the second book, it shows how God brought His people through the wilderness to humble them. Isaiah chapter 2 talks about how Israel will go through a time of exile to humble them. And when we come to Isaiah chapter 40, very interestingly, it's the first time the phrase good tidings or good news is being used. In the 40th book in the Bible, we come to the very first gospel, the gospel of Matthew. And in the last book of the Bible in Revelation, it talks about the eternal reign of God in a new heaven and a new earth. In Isaiah 66, the last chapter, it talks about the final restoration of God's people and His reign in a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. And the Bible is split into two parts as we know it. The first 39 books is called the Old Testament, the age of the law. In Isaiah chapter 1 to, verse, uh, to chapter 39, it is called the book of judgment. The remaining 27 books in the Bible is known as the New Testament, where the remaining 27 books in, uh, chapters in Isaiah is known as the book of comfort and redemption. The entire Bible points to the nature, the history, and testimony of God. The entire book of Isaiah points to the nature, the history, and testimony of the coming and the soon return of the Son of God. And His name is Jesus. And if you love Him, can we all please give Him a big, big hand. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the name Isaiah in Hebrew means Jehovah saves. So everywhere Jeho uh, Isaiah went, everyone would call his name. 
Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves is here. And as Isaiah stood up to speak or to prophesy to the people, regardless of the circumstances that they may be living or going through, guess what? They are being reminded that Jehovah saves, that God promises to save them when they turn to Him. Just like what we heard in the video testimony just now, Say was desperate. And he said that he turned to the Lord and he cried out to Him. And God began to restore his marriage. Friends, Jehovah saves and He still saves today because salvation belongs to the Lord. Amen. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, we all know that this is the same passage that Jesus preached in the synagogue in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to verse 19. And after reading this passage, Jesus closes the book and he declares in verse 21, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, returning from the wilderness, filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus declares that the acceptable year of the Lord is here and now that he is the one who has come to fulfill God's promises as a savior. In 1958, Dr. Peter Stoner, a professor of mathematics and astronomy at Pasadena City College, wrote a book entitled Science Speaks, a scientific proof of the accuracy of prophecy and the Bible. As a mathematician, Dr. Stoner wanted to find out the accuracy of the biblical prophecies concerning the coming of Jesus as the Messiah, Professor Stoner applied the modern science of probability to just eight of these prophecies. For example, first of all, the Messiah is to be born of a virgin. He is born in Bethlehem, preceded by a messenger, entered Jerusalem on a donkey, sold for 30 pieces of silver, crucified, having his hands and his feet pierced, executed not having a bone broken and resurrected from the dead. This led him to conclude that the chance of the prophesied Messiah fulfilling eight prophecies is one in 10 to the power of 16, which means in English, it means one in 10 quadrillion, okay? One in 10 quadrillion or 10 million billions, 10 million billions. Dr. Stoner went on to calculate the probability of one person fulfilling 48 of the prophecies found in the Old Testament. And that would be one in 10 to the power of 157. Can you imagine? One to the power of 10, 10 to the power of 157 zeros. So although Bible scholars believe that Jesus fulfilled more than 320 prophecies, the probability of Jesus being the Messiah is impossible. But how many of you all know that Matthew chapter 19, verse 26 tells us that with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. Hallelujah. With God, all things are possible. Jesus came, and the Bible says that He's coming back again. 
we are living in the acceptable year of the Lord. But maybe you say, Pastor, how can it be? How can we be living in the acceptable year of the Lord? Pastor, didn't you know in the last two years, in the last two years, it has been most unacceptable. <laughs> it has been most challenging. It has been most difficult. You know, if we focus on the natural and by our own definition, to many of us, yes, it is true. It has been quite some unacceptable years that we've been living through, but not to the Lord. What is the acceptable year of the Lord? First of all, it is not a calendar year. The word acceptable in Hebrew is the word roson, which means goodwill, favor, acceptance, and will. In other words, God is still at work. His kingdom is still coming. His will is still being done. It is now when we experience God's grace, redemption, healing, and deliverance by the power of the Holy Spirit. Two weeks ago, we hear from the Emerge team sharing all the wonderful praise reports of what God is doing among our youths. If you are an Emerge youth here in this place, can you please lift your hand and shout a little bit? Woo! They just had their camp last month. And I'm not talking about last year even. Last month, more than 1,400 youths came to our meetings. And for many of them, their first time campus with more than 280 new friends that join us. Guess what? Many of them encountered God in an intimate and tangible manner. Many of them fell under the power of God. Many of them had their broken hearts mended. Many of us, many of them, I'm not a youth anymore, many of them have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Many of them had their bondages set free from them. You know, we have even campers that receive their physical healing. Church, in spite of all that we are going through, in the natural, it seems unacceptable. But how many of you know that we are still living in the acceptable year of the Lord? If you believe that, let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Amen. But the truth is this. We all don't like to wait. Some of God's promises seems to be immediate. Most promises take longer than what we would like. Did you know that from the time of Isaiah 61 to the time of Luke chapter 4, the time when Jesus read the same passage of Scripture, do you know 700 years have already passed? Now, I'm not saying that every promise of God in our lives will take 700 years. Don't worry, right? I'm not saying that. But there is a waiting process. There is a waiting process that God prepares our hearts. Just like how He was preparing the hearts of the Jews to receive the coming Messiah. You know, when we go through a challenging waiting process, the devil has only one aim. And what is that? And that is to break off our fellowship with God. He tries to overwhelm us, cause us to have a lesser view of who he is, a lesser view of his power, a lesser view of his presence. Ultimately, his desire is to break us off so that we can lose sight of God and His promises. So how do we remain in the process of the promise? Let's look at Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3. It says, To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Number one, release our past to God. 
in Isaiah 61, it was a very trying time for the entire nation of Israel. It was a time of national mourning, a time of loss. Why is that so? The entire nation was going through an exile, the Babylon, called the Babylonian exile, for 70 years. It was a very, very humbling experience for the people of God. Now, during that time, the Jews would cover their faces with ashes. And these ashes not only symbolize grief and loss, it also symbolizes humiliation, that they have been humiliated, they have been shamed. But I want you to take note, in verse 3, the Bible tells us that it is not, God doesn't want to give us beauty from ashes. God wants to give us beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes, dancing for mourning. He wants to give us joy for despair. There is an exchange that takes place. The word beauty over here means a crown or a headdress. It is a symbol of victory that they have already overcome. When God wants to do something new in our lives, we need to be willing to release our past to Him. And therefore, in verse 2, the Bible says, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. Now, who is the comforter? God Himself. He is the comforter. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, in the New Living Translation, it says, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. We have been learning about the Holy Spirit at the same time. God is the source of all comfort. Let's look at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. John 16 and verse 7 in the Amplify, it says, But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. Jesus tells us that more than just being our comforter, he sends the Holy Spirit, the helper, the paracletos, to do what for us? To be our advocate at the same time. In other words, he defends and he fights for us. He is our intercessor. He prays for us. He is our counselor. He gives us wisdom and insight into our daily lives. He is our strengthener. And I believe that God wants to strengthen our hearts this morning. At the same time, the Bible uses this very peculiar word called standby. Now, what is the meaning of standby? A standby is one who is ready and willing to move or to act on our behalf. The Holy Spirit, He is ready and He's willing to move and to act on your behalf and on, and on my behalf. You know, we learned about koinonia last week, that God invites us into a close fellowship with Him. In 2018, Sun brought a group of pastors and HODs on a study trip to the U.S. to learn how the churches lead their ministries and serve their communities. In one particular sharing session, I was very moved by one of the testimonies shared by one of the children's church pastors. You know, there was a six-year-old boy who lost his Lego figurine, so a Lego figurine sword, not the Lego figurine, a Lego figurine sword after attending Sunday school. 
he searched high and low for the Lego sword, but he could not find it. Now, to give you some perspective, I brought along a little toy. <laughs> a Lego figurine. If this Lego figurine is only this, this tall, imagine the Lego sword. Imagine how much trouble you have to find. Yeah, you have to go through to find the Lego sword. So he lost that Lego sword. And every day he would pester his mother and say, Mom, please, buy me a new Lego sword. Please, Mom, my Lego set is not complete without the sword. Please, 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 buy a new Lego sword for me. Feeling frustrated with the endless pleas, the mothers, the mother herself was struggling in her own personal life. So she dismissed the little boy and says, why don't you go and pray? Why don't you go and ask the Holy Spirit? Maybe the Holy Spirit will tell you where the Lego sword is. So the little boy ran to his room and he went to pray. <laughs> With a childlike faith, he asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, where is my Lego sword? <laughs> Soon after, the little boy ran to the mother. He said, Mom, 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 guess what? You are right. The Holy Spirit revealed to me he says, I will get my Lego sword back this Sunday. Uh-oh. Now the mom gets a little bit worried. She's now a little bit anxious. So immediately she says, don't worry. If you still cannot find, I will buy a new one for you. But the little boy says, no, mom. Don't worry. The Holy Spirit says, I will get it back this Sunday. So the little boy was looking forward to Sunday to come, counting down, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday finally came. Not only was the boy feeling anxious, so was the mother. <laughs> After service, the boy ran to the classroom to search high and low for the Lego figurine sort. And guess what? He did not find the Lego figurine sort. Sobbing, he held on to the mother and cried and said, I thought the Holy Spirit told me that I will find the sword. So can you imagine the mom already struggling in her faith, not knowing what to tell the boy. And as they were leaving the place, one of the Sunday school teachers called out his name, Ethan, Ethan, wait for me, and ran up to the boy and said, Ethan, I have been looking all over for you. Did you lose something last week? Guess what? Here it is. Here is your Lego sword. Immediately, the Holy Spirit spoke to the mother and said, if I am interested in Ethan's Lego figurine sword, how much more am I interested in all that you're going through? Friends, if God can take care of that Lego sword, how much more is He interested in the promises in our lives that He has given to us? And perhaps some of us, many of us, we have lost more than just a little Lego sword. But today I believe the Holy Spirit is here, He's speaking to us, reminding us, that is interested in the details of our lives, that is interested in our losses, the pain, 
the humiliation that we have gone through, or perhaps we are still going through right now, God is interested in our lives. He wants us to release our past so that He can exchange it for the future that He has installed for you and I. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, we are fixed by what we are fixated with. Until we fix what we are fixated with, we will remain fixed. <laughs> Let me say that one more time. We are fixed by what we are fixated with. Until we fix what we are fixated with, we will remain fixed. And recently, I read a Chinese saying. It says, 过去不过去,未来成不来. If the past don't pass, the coming future cannot come. In Isaiah 61, Isaiah was not just addressing the individuals. He was also addressing Israel as a nation, as a people, as a spiritual family, as City Harvest Church. We too need to let go of our past so that we can move into our future. Yes, we have learned many valuable and precious lessons in the Lord in the time of the wilderness. And we have been transformed by the Lord. We thank God for His grace and His mercy. But let us not stay in the wilderness. Let's release our past to God so that we can embrace all that God has installed for us as a church and as a people. Today, will you let go of that past discouragement, that past failure, that past anger, that past mistake, Release the ashes so that you can receive the beauty. Release the mourning so that you can receive the oil of joy. Release the, the heaviness of despair so that you can put on the garments of praise. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 tells us, it is for freedom that Christ has come to set us free. Let's refocus our lives, not on holding on to the past, but by building the new. Which leads me to my second point. Number two, rebuild our present in God. In Isaiah 61 verse 3, it tells us that they may be tree, called trees, trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall rise up, or they shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Now, the focus here is not on building the city itself. The focus here is on rebuilding the people in the city. The rebuild is so that people can return back to their way of God, their way of life in God. The rebuild, once again, is so that the people can go back and return to their way of life in God. You know, I'm a Big Star Wars fan. I don't know how many Star Wars fans we have here in this place. You know, recently, they have been featuring a series called The Mandalorian. And in the series, it features a hero, a bounty hunter, who comes from a planet of warriors with deep honor and values in their way of life. Now, their planet, however, was being destroyed. But through every battle or crisis that they go through, they will remind themselves of their way of life, by saying, this is the way. This is the way. 
Over here in Isaiah 61, Isaiah is once again telling and repeating to the people of God that this is the way. Return to worship. This is the way. Return to calling upon His name. This is the way. Return to the Word of God. This is the way. Return to the house of God. This is the way. Return to the ways of God. This is the way. And right now, everyone is talking about going back to the normalcy of life. Likewise, as a church, let's get back to our spiritual normalcy, our spiritual habits, the ways of God. Let's not allow the pandemic years to destroy our way of life in God. Because this is not a church thing. This is a Bible thing. This is a God thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the way. When we choose to grow the roots of obedience, God will keep our feet firmly in Him. A return back to God's house. You know, it's so easy for us to just lie in our beds. This, for example, this morning, it's so easy that we can just switch on the internet and to view our virtual services. So easy. But I'm glad that many of you made the effort to come to church this morning. And for, the, for those that are watching us online, I want to encourage you, if you have yet to come back to on-site service, I want to encourage you, there is always room enough for you. <laughs> return back to the house of God because this is the way. Uh, return back to fellowship with one another. Return back to serving God and to serving one another because Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And this is the way as we come back and rebuild the present in God. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And as we return back to the ways of God, guess what? The Bible tells us that we become trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for His glory. Now, in some translation, the trees of righteousness is actually being translated as great oaks, oak trees. Now, what's so special about oak trees? Did you know oak trees can live up to 1,000 years? <laughs> oak, oak wood is known for its strength, its hardness, and resistance to predators and other destructive growth. Now, what makes the oak tree great? It's not just because it can grow up to more than 30 meters in height. What makes them great is their system of roots anchoring them securely. It is one of the rare trees that not only grow their roots downwards, but it also grow their roots outwards. In fact, scientists tell us that it can grow outwards to a radius of 75 meters. That's very wide, don't you think so? The roots growing to 75 meters in radius. Now, with deep and wide system of roots, oak trees can withstand many seasons of hardship and storm. In the initial lockdown period of the pandemic, to be very honest with you, I was very, very happy. I was very, very happy until Zoom came along. <laughs> I thought to myself, we can finally take a break, a break from many counselings because we cannot meet face to face, a break from hospital visitations because we can't go to the hospitals. <laughs> A break from going from appointment to another appointment. The best part, no need to dress up for cell group. <laughs> Don't need to dress up for church, right? We can just stay at home 
And we get to spend more time with our family members, more time in reading and in silence and solitude to God. I said, God, this is so good. We don't have to go out anymore, God. We can continue church in this manner, just at home. But however, as the pandemic dragged on, there was one spiritual discipline and one Christian lifestyle that I miss, and that is the coming together as a church. I miss the fellowship I have with my cell group members. I miss the fellowship that I have with my cell group leaders. I miss the fellowship that I have with my friends. You know, I miss the serving one another. I miss the praying for one another. I miss even holding hands, praying together. Coming together as a church is a spiritual discipline. Friends, God has planted you and I to be like the oak trees in His house. Not just to have deep roots in Him, but He wants our roots to grow wide, wide with one another. So I want to encourage you, don't live in isolation anymore. Don't live in isolation in the virtual world. Come back to His house because this is the way. Amen. Verse 6 tells us, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord, and they shall call you the servants of our God. Isaiah reminds the people again, we are a priest unto one another. Can you help me turn to your neighbors and tell them we are priests unto one another? Amen. At the same time, we are a servant of the Lord. And last week we learned from Pastor Bob how there is a common duty that we have to one another as a body to build up one another in giving and receiving. We have a common ministry to preach the gospel here, especially in a time, especially right now in a time like this that we are living in. Why do we have that? Because we have a common inheritance in the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 to verse 11 tells us, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God ministers, that in all things God may be glorified. You know, when you and I, we serve God with the ability that God gives us, at the end of the day, God gets the glory. So don't keep your God-given gift to yourselves. You know, perhaps some of us, during the time in the last few years of the pandemic, we have, been, we have become spiritually unemployed. Perhaps it's time to come back to serving. Don't deprive someone else of your gift or your blessing that God wants to bring through you to another person. As we rebuild our presence in God, the Bible says that we'll be like the great oak trees that displays the glory of God as we serve Him as priests and servants of the Lord. One more time, shall we just give the Lord a big hand? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Number three, the last point for today. Rejoice in the timing of God. Rejoice in the timing of God. Isaiah 61 and verse 7. The Bible tells us, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Over here, the word confusion is actually better translated as humiliation. In a time of humiliation and shame, 
It is unthinkable to shout for joy, don't you think so? Don't you think so? It's difficult to shout for joy when you are in pain. It is not only difficult, but actually it sounds a little bit cruel, right? Cruel. To ask someone who is humiliated to shout for joy, what's that to shout about? But the Bible tells us that God wants to turn our humiliation into honour. In fact, the Bible tells us it will be a double portion of honour. And the Bible uses the word shall. Now, the word shall is actually a future tense. That means the time will come. The time where humiliation will be turned into honour will come. For some of us, perhaps we have lost jobs in the last few years. For some of us, perhaps we have lost businesses in the last few years. For some of us, we have lost loved ones, perhaps, in the last few years. And perhaps we feel shameful, we feel humiliated during these times. But church, God wants to turn your humiliation into joy for the future. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, in the Amplified, it says, Through Him, therefore, let us, all, let us at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify His name. What is a sacrifice of praise? It is a time when it's difficult that we continually, thankfully acknowledge, confess, and glorify His name. Praise and sacrifice, they are actually opposites. Praise is very often a response to an action or gift that directly benefits us. So we feel generous to extend praise. When God blesses us, it's easy to, to extend praise to Him. But if our praise in our life is only when God blesses us, then our praise becomes transactional. It is merely a transaction for thanking God for what He has given us. But it is the times when God does not come through for us the way that we think that He would. When the med medical test comes back positive, when there is an unexpected miscarriage that takes place, when your marriage is faced with a crisis, when in your life you are facing a mountain of debt, it is difficult to praise Him. But that is the moment that our praise, our acknowledgement, our confession, our glorifying His name becomes a sacrifice. Because it is that moment where we lay our all on the altar and then we say, God, even though I do not understand, but I thank you that you are a good God. Psalm 42 verse 11. Here we see the sons of Korah writing a song yearning for God in the midst of distress. It says in verse 11, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Now the sons of Korah didn't cover up and say, Oh, all is good, all is well. I can just deny how I feel. That it doesn't really matter. No. He says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? He acknowledges how his soul is feeling down, feeling discouraged. But let's look at the next sentence. It says, for I shall yet praise him. I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. And the word yet, it really means 
to increase or to repeat. So in other words, though the soul is cast down, what he's saying is this, I shall praise you again and again and again and again and again and again and again because you are still my help. You are still my refuge. You are still my fortress. The God in whom that I trust. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big hand, amen. Hallelujah. Again and again, yet I shall praise you. We thank God for supernatural miracles, breakthroughs. But church, don't just look for them in the immediate. Sometimes in waiting for that breakthrough, there is an engagement process that God has with us. And He begins to deal with us in the different areas of our lives. Today, you may be going through some difficult situations. Don't lose sight of Him. Don't lose sight of Him because God has not lost sight of you. I, I read this quote, I read this sentence and I, I want to quote it this morning. It says, God always reveals His plan in parts, but He always reveals His heart in full. God always, always reveals His heart in full, regardless of the situation that we may be going through. I have a, cop, a couple in my cell group by the name of He Wei and Eve. Recently, in one of our fellowships, Eve shared with me how God reminded her of a SOT session in 2008 when she was an SOT student. In fact, we were all in the same batch. She shared with me how in one of the sessions, you know, we were learning how to listen in to the Holy Spirit, tuning in. And as we tune in to what the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we begin to pray and to prophesy into our future. And Eve shared with me that in that session, the Holy Spirit asked her and said, Eve, what do you see in your future? And in her mind's eye, Eve saw a cafe together with her husband, Hiwe. And she began to speak and to prophesy into their future. This is in 2008. Their desire is that their coffee business will be a vessel and a witness of God's love in every cup of coffee that they serve. Three years later, they registered Ola, which means vessel in Spanish, as a mobile coffee cart business. In 2016, they started a cafe in Malaysia, but things took a turn for the worse. Hiwei's partner backed out of the business deal and they suffered major financial losses. Eve, on the other hand, suffered a miscarriage of their second child their entire family was undergoing through a crisis. He will share how during that period of time, he will walk from place to place, from one destination to another, so that he can just save on his bus fare, so that his eldest daughter in primary one can continue to take the public transport. Not having any open doors back to his full-time job as an engineer, he will took up part-time jobs in various cafes, as a part-time barrister. During those years, when our church started our barrister ministry, instead of wallowing in self-pity, both of them decided to sign up for the barrister ministry to serve as barristers in Hall 605. <laughs> they wanted to serve God with their gifts and talents. 
So during cell group meetings, many times during those period of years, I will remember how Hiwe and Eve, with tears in their eyes, they will share about concerning the little victories that God will give them in that period of time. After, soon after, a breakthrough came when they were offered half a shop lot at a low rent to start a cafe. It was in a homeland neighborhood. It was in the, home, it was in the homelands. It was not even in CBD. It's somewhere in the neighborhood. After much prayer and consideration, with the little savings that they had, they opened their first cafe in Singapore. And guess what? Soon after, the pandemic came. And they thought to themselves, what have we got ourselves into? God, what happened here? Did we hear you wrongly? But guess what? During the time of the pandemic, many of us were locked down back in our own homes. But many of the office workers still needed a caffeine fix. So with the little half shop lot, God continued to bless them. Many people from all around the blocks came and buy his coffee. And soon after, the cafe began to grow. From half a shop lot, it became a full shop lot. And next year, actually, they are planning to open up their second outlet right now. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And God helped them to recover all their financial losses. And just last month, on his fifth attempt, Hiwe was crowned as the champion barrister in the Singapore Barrister Championship competition. Thank God he did not give up in his previous four tries. And this coming September, he will be representing Singapore to compete with all the barristers from all around the world in Melbourne, Australia, in the World Barrister Championship. Let's give the Lord a big hand, and let's give Hiwe and Eve a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. But church, you know, it has been a journey of 14 years. 14 years. Of all the precious things that they have gained from this journey, they say they have never stopped trusting in God's timing and His promises. Was it difficult? Yes, it was. But they say, but pastor, we continually surrender to God and to trust Him in His promises and His timing for us. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to verse 13. The Bible tells us, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. Friends, don't jump to conclusion that God isn't on the job because glory it's just around the corner. Very often when we read a good novel, what keeps a good novel interesting is not just the highs, but also the lows. And sometimes we feel a bit angry and unjustified for the character in the novel. All the hardship he had to go through. All the tragedy he had to go through. All the betrayal he had to go through. All the losses he had to go through. And sometimes we get a little bit emotional. We think, why is the author like that? Why is he writing his life to die? It is, a, it, is, it is a tragedy. It's a disaster. And we get angry. How can he write his life in, that, in this manner? But we forgot that actually we are only halfway through the book. There is still a second half. 
Just like when we read the book of Isaiah, if you just read the first 39 chapters, you will think that Israel is doomed for destruction. But friends, there is still chapter 40 all the way to chapter 66. There is a second half of redemption and restoration coming. So keep reading to the end. When we go through life's struggles and pain, don't conclude that the author is bad at writing out the story of your life. Don't conclude that he is not on the job. Don't get angry with him. Keep living. Rejoice in his timing because he's writing more chapters in your life and he's not done writing. Trust in the one who has started the process of the promise in you. Hallelujah, amen. God is not done. He is not done. Real praise continues regardless of circumstances because it flows continuously from a heart of worship. Friends, will you choose to offer up the sacrifices of praise? Like what Max and even Pastor Elon shared this morning. Will you offer up to him the sacrifices of praise and trust in his timing? God is never early, but he's never late. So how do we remain in the process of the promise? Number one, release your past to God. Number two, rebuild your present in God. And number three, rejoice in the timing of God. Church, let's learn to trust in the process of His timing. Let's stay committed to God because God is fully committed to us and everyone say, Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we all stand out on our feet? The presence of God is here in this place. I know He is here. You know, back to the Gospel of Luke. Jesus had just proclaimed the acceptable year of the Lord in Luke chapter 4. But if you read on, just shortly three chapters later in Luke chapter 7, John was arrested, put in prison, and waiting to be beheaded by King Herod. He was feeling discouraged feeling lonely and he began to doubt if Jesus was truly the Messiah but wait this is not just anyone in the crowd this was John the Baptist the one who went around declaring to people that Jesus is the coming Messiah prepare the way of the Lord here is the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sin of the world but John the Baptist was so discouraged he sent his disciples to Jesus to ask him, Jesus, Jesus, are you the one or do we look for another? Jesus, are you the one or do we look for another? Friends, tonight, are you like John the Baptist? This morning, are you like John the Baptist? Are you saying, Jesus, are you the one or do I look for another? Jesus replied John and says, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard. Friends, today I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to remind us what are the things that we have seen and heard in God. Psalm 34 verse 8 tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. Many of us have, have got moving in our lives and we have also at the same time tasted the goodness of God. Jesus says, yes, I am the one. He tells the disciples, 
I am the Messiah. Don't look for another. Because the blind still see, the lame still walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf, they still hear, the dead are being raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them in the name of Jesus. So I am still moving. I am still healing. I am still delivering. I am the one. Look for no other. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Amen. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Christ has come to bring us the salvation of God. This is the way. Let's all return back to worship. Return back to the house of God. He is the one. And let's not look for another. And His name is Jesus. Shall we just lift our hands here in this place? Let's just begin to just worship Him. Hallelujah.
Amen. You know, just this week, you know, I heard a pastor say this, and I want to quote him. The backslider in heart will always judge God by what he did not do. Perhaps for some of us, we're judging God by what he did not do in our lives. Today, friends, will you silence the voices of accusation and judgment in your heart? Will you release your past to God? Some of us, perhaps, we need to silence the voice of accusation against others. They have let us down. For some of us, maybe it's a voice of accusation against ourselves. It is a voice of accusations for all the mystics, the failures that we have done. And perhaps it is a voice of accusation, once again, against God. Today, this morning, will you engage your heart? Will you engage your heart in Him? Take a glimpse. Take a glimpse of the heart of God the Father. If He is interested in finding Ethan's Lego figurine sword, He is interested in what you're going through. He's interested in the losses, the humiliation, the challenges. This morning, will you take a look once again into the goodness of God in your life, what you have seen and what you have heard? I believe God today wants to set us free, set us free from the past so that we can rebuild the present in Him. God is not done writing the story of our lives, so let's not look for another. He is the one, He is the way, the truth and the life. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Perhaps like what I said, Perhaps some of us, we are struggling to get back into the normalcy of life, struggling mentally, emotionally, spiritually, struggling in our fault lines, worried about the future. Maybe you have gone through some losses in the time of the pandemic. Maybe you feel shamed, humiliated because you have lost your job, your business, or perhaps you're, you're lost in your studies, not doing well in your marriage, or even with your kids, you feel stuck, worn out, burnt out from all the burdens you're carrying. Friends, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come, strengthen you today to release and to break the fixation of the past so that God can give us the strength to rebuild in the present. Then as we rebuild, God wants to give us the faith to trust in His timing, to give us beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, praise for despair. This morning, if that's you in this place, I want to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to count to three. And at a count of three, if that's you in this place, I want you to lift up your hands and respond to God. I want you to take a glimpse into the heart of God the Father, to come to a place of surrender to meet with Him today. If that's you in this place, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, would you just lift up your hands as a sign of surrender to the Lord? One, two, three. Yes, I see your hand. 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 Hallelujah. Why don't we say this prayer out loud together? Dear God, I surrender my past. Surrender my present. Surrender my future to you. Reveal to me what you're doing in my life. Holy Spirit, you are my helper. My comforter. You are ready and willing to act on my behalf 
I release my past to you. I release my past to you. Help me to rebuild the present. Help me to rebuild the present. I will grow my roots of uh, my roots of obedience. I will grow my roots of obedience. Jesus. Jesus. You are the way. You are the way. The truth. The truth. And the life. And the life. Let my feet be firmly planted in you. Let my feet be firmly planted in you. Use me to be a blessing to others. Use me to be a blessing to others. I will learn. I will learn. To rejoice in your timing. To rejoice in your timing. I choose to remain. I choose to remain in the process of your promise. In the process of your promise. Why don't we just begin to just lift up your hands, our hands? Let's just begin to just pray in the spirit. That's right. Hallelujah. We choose to trust in you, oh God. We choose to trust in you. We release our past to you. Strengthen us this morning to rebuild our present in every area in our marriage, in our family, in our work, our career, our businesses, in our ministry. God, help us. Help us this morning. Rebuild our fault lines, our emotional lives, our spiritual lives. Help us, oh God. We will learn to be a blessing, a blessing to others around us. We will rejoice in your timing because you're never early, but you're never late. We will rejoice in the process of your promise. That's why let's just worship him one more time. Hallelujah. So I stand before you. Oh, in my own life Jesus, you are all I see. And you I everyone, every eye closed, every head bow. I wonder how many of us here in this place, we've never invited Jesus to come into your heart. I want you to do it right now, whether you're on site or you're online. You know, I know the presence of God is here in this place. I know He's touching many of us here in this place or even online. If you are a backslider this morning, will you stop judging God for what He has not done? Will you slide back to Him today? If that's you in this place, you know, I'm not going to ask you to come out to the front. 
wherever you are standing, just close your eyes. And I want you to say this prayer out loud together with all of us here in this place. Will you, just, will you please repeat the prayer after me? Dear Father God, Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me of all my sins. I invite Jesus into my heart. I invite Jesus into my heart. I make you the Lord of my life. I make you the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me eternal life. Give me eternal life. Let me experience. Let me experience your presence and your power. Your presence and your power. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 You know, if you've just said this prayer for the first time, or you're a backslider saying this prayer, you know, I want to encourage you to share with someone that, that you've come to church this morning with. You know, as a church family, we want to connect with you. You know, I believe there's a QR code on our screens that you can scan. You know, we have a special message and a special gift that we're prepared that we would like to give to you. Amen. So, cell group members, if you brought a friend, please remember to bring them to 605 so that they can have a complimentary cup of coffee on us. One last thing, church, before we go off today. You know, if you are comfortable, if you are comfortable, you know, coincidentally, this weekend, I have been in City Harvest Church for 30 years. You know, this weekend is the 30th year anniversary, so God for me. <laughs> and I love this church. I love this church. I grew up as a, th uh, a teen. This is where I found Jesus. I found my destiny. I found my wife. I had my family. I love this spiritual family. Today, if you are comfortable, would you just join hands with your neighbors? Give them a smile and join hands with them. Say, can I hold your hand? <laughs> and this morning, one last thing we want to do. We want to pray for City Harvest Church. We want to bless our spiritual family. We want to pray for Pastor Kong and Son. We want to pray for the SMT, Pastor Bob, Pastor Iris, the pastors, the staff, the leaders, and all you members. You know, we are a spiritual family. God has called us together to be trees of righteousness here in this house. You know, let's release our parts so that we can move on into the future that God has in store for us. So today, maybe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you concerning our future. I want you to, as you listen to the Holy Spirit, I want you to speak. I want you to begin to prophesy into your future and our future. Will you do that? Why don't we just begin to just release our prayer language this morning? Let's just begin to pray for our church. Bless the city of God. We come to you as a people. We thank you, God, that you are good. Your mercy endure forever. Oh, we love you, we love you. We give you our praise, we give you our worship. We send you our love this morning, oh God. Bless our church, oh God. Bless our church. We speak blessing into our church. We speak blessing into our leadership. We speak blessing into our membership. We thank you for our divisions, for our zones. We thank you for our cell groups. We thank you for our friends, our families that are here in this place. God, you're not done with us. You are still writing our story. God, you are Jehovah who saves. God, salvation belongs to you. We thank you, oh God, that our latter days are going to be greater than our former days. 
We bless our church. We bless our church. Shigiri Bless us, oh God, bless us. Oh, we ask you, we cry to you, we turn to you. We return to your ways, oh God. Because this is the way, Jesus, you are our way, the truth and the life. Shigiri We thank you for all that you're doing among our youth, among our adults, for the CFM conference. We thank you, O oh Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, 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 hallelujah, amen. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 